Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Phantoms of the Silver Screen podcast. I am one of your remaining hosts, Jumpy. The other remaining host goes by Rip. Hello, everybody. And today we are covering another episode from Inside of the Mind of Junji Ito in the Junji Ito collection. Season one out of two, thankfully. Episode nine, a two-parter painter slash blood bubble bushes. <laughs> Hilarious. So I am, I'm weirded out. <laughs> and you can tell by, by Rip's stunned silence, he's weirded out too. Because... <laughs> These were both very weird episodes. So, I'm actually more surprised with Painter. And we'll talk about it. But, uh... We will talk about both. I think I like Painter better. Yeah. The idea of Blood Bubble Bushes was kind of cool. It just kind of... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we're falling into the sub-dub translation mm. problem where like some things probably didn't get translated well or or they changed it up a little bit so that <clears throat> it fits and flows better yeah but it i do find it like junji sometimes starts with something and you're like oh it's gonna be this kind of uh, episode and then he just makes a right sharp right turn and he does something mm. completely different. You're like, oh, okay. You know, like. Um, That's different. What was it? The, he subverts uh, expectations. Yeah, like the town with no roads. It could have been a Jack the Ripper episode. And it, and it wasn't. He was there. Yeah. But it wasn't. Well, the issue with that one was more like the setup. Why set it up if we're not going to go there? It's like uh, the Chekhov's gun thing. You mm. just, you can't set that up and not use it because it's disappointing <laughs> and they didn't use the jack the ripper thing it was barely a thing yeah, like, yeah this they... one left me with like a weird feeling for both because i can't even just quantify it really i just feel awkward you know like it makes me feel <laughs> icky yeah this one we have to talk our feelings through and figure yeah. it out as we go so this is gonna be it's not going to be as clean as our other ones because we have a lot of things that we need to <laughs> sit here and Do we talk out. about blood bubbles, blood bubble bushes, or painter first? Blood bubble bushes is the one that's like, you know, tearing at my mind. So maybe let's, we should start, yeah, let's start in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like doing that, but like we should. Let's do it. Cool. So you're going to have to help me with the names because I'm never going to remember anybody's names. Okay. Man and woman. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll kick it us kick us off, right? Cool. Blood Bubble Bushes was the second one of this episode. Yeah. Episode nine, by the way. Mm-hmm. Two part. And Ans- Ansai and Kana crash their car. Right? They're driving mm-hmm. through the Japanese roads. They're in like on the good patch where it's just land. And we meet them with their car crashed. So, 
they they try trying to fix everything and then they realize that they need to call a mechanic but their phone isn't working that well or their phone's not really gonna be helpful in this situation i don't know they have no server something so they start which is a key a key story point here (laughs) their phones don't work for some reason this is all in the modern day i don't think a person can get lost it just doesn't happen there's just nowhere you can be where you don't get service and the lazy thing to do is to write oh the phone died or there's no service right now even (laughs) if you walked 20 miles there's still no service (laughs) there's service everywhere in a like place like japan it's funny you say this because this was written and uh, and published in 1993 then it makes sense (laughs) that makes sense as long as it's set in a time period right before phones were a big thing (laughs) the cell phones i mean so it was written and published 1993 this episode was made in 2018 and there is kind of a difference right out the gate and uh that's why I was a little. That confused. makes so, that makes that better for me. That makes it way better for me. So love the nineties, but they have no service, and they mm-hmm. decided we're gonna walk through the woods until we come up on a nearby town or life, <laughs> and we're gonna ask for a phone and get call a um, a mechanic to come tow their truck or car or at least help them figure it out. They're there. They're walking. They've been walking for what seems like hours, which Kana replies or says. But Ansai, Ansai is very optimistic. He's like, look, we see, I see a shed. We can, there's, there's life nearby. Now, Ansai, or Ansai, I don't know his name, but he... Call him Annie. Annie. <laughs> Annie, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> Annie is um, very optimistic, or he's never seen a horror movie his entire life. So immediately, Jumbi and I are just like, everything that happens to you from here on out is your fault. <laughs> because he, he had enough signs. <laughs> he sees a shed in the middle of the woods, and he's like, ah, okay, I, I can go and ask for help. What he comes across is... Four small boys who are giggling. And he's like, hey, hi, guys. We walked we walked quite a bit because our cars uh, won't work. I was wondering if I could borrow phones, I can call a mechanic or something. These kids just stare at them. And then they're like, okay, are you going to help me out at all? And nothing, no word for them. So they decided to walk away and they mm-hmm. continue on the direction because if there's children there, there's got to be grown up somewhere down. And I'm, I think that was the the reply, right? Like, oh, like, where, are there any grown ups around? And I was like, no, there's no grown ups around here. And he's like, all right, fuck you, kid, peace. So he walks away. They walk away, but kind of. And realizes that they're following them and he's like oh my god these little brats what are they doing one of them picks up uh they are they're all running 
with like um a, the vines of a plant kind of like kurama from like yu hakusho because one of the boy whips it and it just extends and slashes kana on the neck and hits her in the face and Ansai annie decides to fight back but he asks kana are you okay and we were revealed that Kana's bleeding out of her neck. So one of the boys, just his eyes widen, his teeth sharpened, and he jumps up and he starts drinking her blood, licking her neck. They got We assume. Because <laughs> they, they don't show all the... They say it, but yeah. we don't. Sh- they don't show it. They do not Which show was it. strange to me, because like... <laughs> Maybe they didn't want to show Annie just like wailing on these kids <laughs> or something. Like they didn't want to animate that. Like that must be what happened, right? Yeah. To get these yeah. bloodthirsty monsters off, he must have been beating these these kids in the face. Bam, bam. How long is it until it's self defense? You know what I mean? I mean, once you whip the neck and drink the blood, I think it's you know you can you can hit a kid after that, right? <laughs> so. Annie and Kana <laughs> are walking away after, and they they won clearly. But Annie still hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kana still hurt. So they keep eventually they reach a, a village, but the village is deserted. Like the the houses aren't even put together properly. Like you see, like broken wood and all that stuff, um, plywood. Kana notices there's what seems to be bloodstains over the walls and streets, but... They're all just like, they're both just like, hope it's paint. I'm not <laughs> going to check. Just keep going. And then Kana notices there's a pool of blood on the floor, and there's something inside that they can identify. But Annie's still optimistic. Let's. There it's has like to be... At least one person in here, and I'm like, I He's think like, who that's dropped it. dropped all this paint on this steak. <laughs> Ugh. Oh my gosh! I, whatever happens from him, it's his fault. You you could have walked. Both of them. They should have left. <laughs> I'd have left when the kids attacked. Yeah. They traced the blood, they um, to somebody, to a door, and they knock on it door opens and we're greeted to a, a young man with black hair red eyes yeah. pale skin mm-hmm. and Annie explains the situation car broke down we need a mechanic we need a phone Annie's like I'm sorry but I don't have a phone I don't have a phone and then he's like oh, I guess we gotta keep walking but the young man <laughs> like, look, it's getting dark. I wouldn't mind if you guys were my guests for the night. You know, red flags all around, but sure. If you're going to ignore the f- <laughs> the biggest red flag of all, which is blood on the walls that lead to this guy's house. Um, <laughs> staying sure at There's blood in the walls at his house that <laughs> they have to ignore as well. Yeah. So they take him up on his offer, and he makes a, a the the young man makes a very good point. The um, Kana has injuries that need to be tend to, so they do. 
and they stay over. He, they inquire if he's the only person in the village, and he, unfortunately, confirms that he is. He's um, wrapping up all of Kana's injuries, patching her neck, and he even makes them dinner. He comments on Kana's beauty. It reminds him of someone, someone from his past, someone who looked just like Kana, who we learned looks mm. n- barely anything like Kana, but sure. His it, it's a, a feeling thing. She has the same energy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, and then we get a flashback to this woman he's talking about. A very sad, depressed woman. Everybody she comes in contact with wants to leave her. She tells this young man that even you will leave me one day. One day, she comments that it feels like her blood wants to leave her body. And she can't take it. She feels bad. If her blood wants to leave her body, she wants to let them. So she tries to commit suicide by taking a razor to her throat. And the dude quickly ran to her and tried to suck the blood out of her neck to keep her alive and put pressure on it because he doesn't want her to die. He saved her life. But the unfortunate side effect for whatever the fuck happened is that a tree-like structure started growing with... with Sound like a lunatic. (laughs) With what looks to be apple-shaped blood fruit. Blood fruit? No, not the blood fruit. We're talking about a fruit. It's, It's blood that looks like a fruit. Not the other way around. This this is the weird stuff we're talking about. Like you can't even recap it without <laughs> sounding like a madman. Like and then the tree like structure came <laughs> out of her neck and the blood fruit started like it's sounds like something out of the occult. My favorite part was to like see my blood is trying to leave me. It's growing out of my neck and bearing fruit. And I'm like, that's what you and take the guy from has that? to be like <laughs> You wanted you just wanted to say you're right, really? That's that's what you're worried about? Okay. <laughs> Typical of you. Typical. <laughs> Classic. Um, <laughs> this woman, by the way, told you. is has mm-hmm. long white hair and she's wearing like a teal or like sea green outfit. Um, we'll call him Young Man. Was where is like wearing Young Man button up white t shirt with old bl- uh, black pants and overalls. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They felt like they um. <laughs> they were meant for each other but as time went on more fruit blood or blood fruit kept or to bear yes and she withered away until she was nothing but a skeleton I think they and a giant tree and a giant tree I think they even say that she's still alive at some point for a bit for yeah so there's nothing this is else. an interesting side effect <laughs> to drinking blood from a person. This this feels 
Um, I've been seeing a lot of media lately pick up on the Wendigo folklore. Ooh. Um, it's weird to call it folklore. Is it folklore? Like, um, because I, to my understanding, it's like a Native American legend. Yeah, it's a legend. But I'm not sure if it's like part of their culture or is it, is it truly folklore is it just a story they tell or is it something they believe like, i don't know what to i haven't looked into it too much but i think i should because it's been coming up a lot the wendigo yeah i mean i feel like stephen king made it famous with uh right pet cemetery pet cemetery because that was the first so the the yeah that was the first wendigo i've heard of yeah actually no the first window i heard of was from x-men <laughs> But that wasn't real. Okay. So the Wendigos apparently form when you resort to eating human flesh, is why I brought it up. And then you turn into a Wendigo. That's a side effect. Mm-hmm. A great legend to have, to make of, just to teach people not to do that. Yeah. You know, it makes sense. Um, and then this takes a similar edge. Like, if you drink a person's blood, you will turn into a bloodthirsty vampire who needs to feast off the blood trees. And plant more through people. It's like a very unique take on a vampire. Yeah. And I have a I have a question, but I'll save it yeah. for after we finish this episode. This particular okay. one. Um we need, yeah. We need more lore to for my question. So what, after hearing this this tragic story of young man's girlfriend Mm-hmm. Annie and Connor decide to go to sleep. So Annie wakes up and he feels like his head is swimming, like something's not right. He has yeah. he has the gut feeling something's not right, but his head is not centered. He it's like you know, like he's sick or something. And um he realizes that Connor's not in bed. So he starts walking down the stairs clutching his head and he sees uh, he sees blood on the floor and he immediately begins to worry so he runs going room to room looking for Kana shouting her name and he finds a room with nothing but blood fruits and I mean like this is wall to wall floor to ceiling just blood fruit and he's like, Connor, Connor, are you here? And then young man walks in. And he's like, hey, what are you doing here? Are you admiring my late girlfriend's work? And then he's like, is this is this what you're talking about? He's like, yeah. He's like, what have you done with Connor, you monster? And he's like, I haven't seen Connor. She's not here. She's probably back at back in her room in fact you may just be having a bad dream and he walks out he's like yeah, good luck <laughs> but before he can go to bed he hears a voice telling him to run run as far as he can and he looks around and he sees a mummified corpse with a tree sticking out of his head the the <laughs> the mummy decides to lord dump on Annie <laughs> he's like 
Yeah, he turned all the residents of the village into trees, and um, he's been just doing this to everybody, men, children, women, everybody. And uh, not just the men, the women, the children. And you gotta, you gotta get the fuck out of here as far as save yourself. Like I feel like he knew he brought a girlfriend, and the the corpse is just like, nah, forget her, she's gone. You get out of here. And the Annie's just like, okay. So he runs, grabs Kana, and she's facing the way they drew her or the way they placed her in this shot was that you see her left profile but not her right profile and he's like oh good you're here we need to get out of here now and then young man walks in and he says you will find that you won't be able to escape and Eddie's like the fuck I won't (laughs) we're getting the fuck out of here and then he's like that's not what I meant I meant that you're gonna end up coming back here because you're gonna find that nowhere else will take you, and you you belong here. So he turns over and he sees that Kana, who's now facing him, has a small little plant of blood fruit growing out of her neck, where the kid had licked her. He's like, "Fuck, okay." <laughs> He's like, "I don't care. I'm getting out of here." So they go. They're running, and they're running. And then Kana's like, I need a break because I'm getting tired. I'm like, yeah, you have a freaking tree growing out of your neck. Of course you're tired. So Annie says that they're far enough where they can take a break. So let's take a break. They sit. They catch their breath. And Kana's beginning to worry. And she's like, there's nothing we can do. Annie looks down. And he sees that there's a root growing out of his hand, just like out of Kana's neck. And he he has a flashback to talk, talking to the mummy. He's like, is there anything we can do? He's like, yeah, there's one way and only one way to stop. And that's to eat your own blood fruit. If you consume your own blood fruit, you'll be rid of the trees. However... You will only want and crave blood, and it will your thirst for blood will never be quenched ever. So we see Annie within the last seconds contemplate whether he should do it or not, or even approach the idea to Kana. Unfortunately, when he turned to Kana, Kana already had picked the blood fruit and started her drinking from her own neck and started drinking her own blood and she has a smirk on her face on her face the end disgusting <laughs> my question was they made really really disgusting slurpy noises as she drank the blood fruit for like 20 seconds too long <laughs> like disgusting and that's what caught uh, Annie's attention. He was like contemplating it, and then he hears slurp, slurp, slurp. It's like you eating ramen over here. Oh my god! Disgusting. 
that whole episode was very off-putting. Yeah. I I don't want to say I, nah, I, I don't think I, I don't think it it was for me. <laughs> uh my question was if the the licking of the neck is what's causing the the blood growth. Um mm-hmm. but did he have the powers or did he obtain it from his girlfriend? Because her blood was trying to escape and is he, is he just passing it down with every lick? He definitely made it seem like it came from his girlfriend. But, I mean, I don't know how reliable of a narrator he is. So, who knows? All right. Um, but that was my question. I I, and that, I did go for the read of, like, him drinking the blood is what caused this. It's a side effect of resorting to that. Yeah. Um, and it It's very broken. Mm-hmm. And in his story, it didn't look like he wanted to drink, like... He panicked and thought that was the only thing that can help. <laughs> yep. But still, he did it. Yeah. So, you ready for this? What? Everything I postulated came just from the anime. So, I'm just looking at that. But now, we're gonna... There's a lot, actually, um, that uh, they have in the manga. The manga. Mm. So, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So their car didn't break down. The oh, they crashed their car, and there's blood out of the windscreen, and they thought they hit somebody, but they couldn't find a carcass. So that was that's one. much more dramatic. <laughs> the the blood stains on the wall streets are the same. They they meet the man. Do they still get whipped by kids? Yeah. And then the, the, the kid with the sharp fangs goes for the neck and licks her. Do they show the fight? Does he punch a kid? No, they don't show the fight. Um. So he tells the same story about his girlfriend, and it's the same thing. She committed suicide or tried to, but the blood fruit came out. Um, mm-hmm. After the story... Kana and Annie go to bed. Kana wakes up and he realizes the guy drugged them during dinner. So they they kind of he he definitely got drugged in the anime, but I don't think he like said it. He when he walks downstairs though, he sees a vampire drinking Kana's blood that's on the floor, and that's how he notices the trail of blood that led him. Oh. Um, that's a lot scarier. Yeah. Uh, he traces the blood in the house, which leads to a yard filled with the, the bare fruits, the blood fruits. Um, and, you know, everything he says the same. He buried the fruit that came from his girlfriend. He didn't do anything to Kana. And he must be dreaming. But the mummy dude says, save me, right? He, he's not as selfless. Yeah. <laughs> he's under a tree. And he says that the residents of the village turn into trees. And that the story about the girlfriend is a lie. Oh. He's a vampire. And he needs the fruit to maintain the supply of blood. But now that all the villagers have become mummies, he's looking for a new sacrifice. Once the trees He has so much blood trees. <laughs> Once the trees start to grow, the veins suck the light out, out of the, the person. 
Um, the only way to escape it is to eat their own blood, bu- um, blood bubbles, which turns into the person into a vampire. The little boys are vampires. Um, They're probably 80 years old. Annie, the the young man, tells Annie he can't escape because he drank poison. Um, the vampire boys break into the house. Uh, they find the yard filled with the trees and start consuming the 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 blood bubbles. The mummified man gets trampled to death by the boys. One of them being his own son. Wow. They really went light on this episode. <laughs> Annie and Kana take the opportunity to escape. Annie's weakened by the poison and the effects of the the man's magic. But that's uh Kana ended up getting um a thirst for home blood and she she tastes it. So it was more like a like she couldn't help it kind of thing. Which I feel like they kind of conveyed that in the anime, but not as, as deep. And there you go. And that was the manga version. Well, not to be that person, but the manga, I think the manga was better. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this could have been a, like a 20 minute episode and then do like a four, like a, like a two minute episode for like something else. Yeah, because um, the changes they made did make the story a lot more muddled, didn't hit as well. Yeah, the story you described hits a lot better. I think that's a better vampire tale than what we ended up getting. Yeah, I I, I like the confirmation that this dude's a liar. I feel like we didn't get yeah. that. I mean, maybe we missed it, but I think it was pretty clear that <laughs> that uh, I think they didn't say it. And they kind of had us guess it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's. I also I don't like when um I like when there's a little bit of hope in a horror thing. I know that's not like what you always get. <laughs> it's very bleak, and sometimes that's the point. But whenever there's a horror monster or villain, I like that there is a way to defeat them. Whether or not the main character does it or not is fine. Like I don't care if they do or not. Tell your story. I just want there to be a way to get out of it Um, and this one seemed pretty futile the way that they retold it where it's just like he's in the house she's infected hey he's infected how'd he get infected I don't know he just did and there's no way out of it you just become a tree or you become a vampire pick and like that seems very futile you know it's just it gets to the point where it's less interesting of a story to me and more just depressing yeah that's just a me thing I mean horror movies don't have to do that I just prefer it well but that was (laughs) that was blood bubbles yep blood bubble bushes order the manga today now we're gonna hit painter ooh this one was also weird not as weird as blood bubble but still weird and I'm interested to hear the manga version because I I have a feeling that this one was meddled with as well. So, okay, so I'll, the, I'll do my reveals at the end. But, cool. uh, let's this go. one, I liked it. I liked this one. Uh, yeah. No, it was good. It was. It was. I have a few issues that I'll talk about it at the <laughs> end. 
So, but it was okay. Yeah. It we, kicks off with Mitsuo Mori. Let's just call him Mori or Mori. Yeah. The way they pronounce it, Mori, just sounds like Morty to me. <laughs> so I thought it was Morty for a lot of the episode. <laughs> so Mori is at a art gallery, mm-hmm. and Mori is displaying a lot of his paintings on the wall. So he's obviously a painter. And his paintings are really famous. And some voiceover lets us know that he has this muse that he always uses. And you can see it in all his photos. It's this blonde woman with short hair. You know, shortish blonde hair. Kind of like just above her her chin. Her shoulder. Yeah. And that's his muse. So Mori sees a woman looking at one of the photos, a raven-haired lady, raven-colored hair. I don't know how to describe it. And she looks at the painting very pensively, and he goes to ask for an impression. What do you think of it? You know, I'm the artist. I want to know what you think. And she's like, well, I guess it's okay. It's fine. But, you know, that model, kind of ugly. If you look at her face long enough, he looks real goofy. Don't you think so? And then instead of standing up for himself and his muse, Mori's like, Haha, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And then the girl, the black haired girl, she says, it's a really easy fix, though. All you have to do is get somebody more beautiful to be your mom. <laughs> Maybe... You know, I could be your model, and then you can capture my beauty. Oh, well, she definitely did that, not. And just get rid of this. She definitely did not say maybe. <laughs> she was I like, was being polite for her. <laughs> she was straight up just like, "I'm your next model if you have the balls for it." I was like, "Shit!" And this guy was agreeing. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good." So after this scene, the next scene that we see is Mori working on a new painting. And he has his regular muse, the blonde lady. And she's, you know, draped with blankets or whatever. And he's painting her. And he's very pensive and the muse can kind of sense that. She's just like, is everything okay, Mori? And he's like, don't worry about it, Nana. It's fine. I'm painting. Okay, let me work, woman. And they get interrupted in this conversation. By the black-haired woman who suddenly shows up at this artist's house. That alone is scary. Just like a stranger. I don't care how pretty they are. A stranger who just shows up in your house and you didn't even know they got in. I bet he locked the doors and turned on the alarm. Didn't matter. (laughs) Security guard? Dead. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, right. That security guard is like, hey, what's up? Come on in. Yeah. Yeah, get in here. I don't get paid that much. Get in. Get in there. And some tea so she walks in and he's just like i can't believe you're here what is going on and the muse nana is like who the hell is this woman <laughs> and the black haired lady goes on to say you didn't tell her oh well, then allow me um when we were talking earlier he said that he's gonna get rid of you because he's tired of the way you look nana and he's going to paint a real beauty. Me. And Nana's like, 
what the hell? And the guy barely defends himself. He's like, what? No. <laughs> I No. No. And then Nana's like, I'm out of here. You could have just told me. And then he does the whole Willy Wonka thing where he's like, please, wait. Come back. No. <laughs> you don't go. And she leaves. Barely puts up a fight. And then he's rightfully pissed, though. He's like, dude, why the fuck did you tell her all this shit? Like, why can't you just wait until after I finish my painting this new chick in my house? And this woman he's is also mad because, like, she's brought in a lot of money for him. Him being his muse, it's basically his livelihood walking out the door. So this woman, but he moves on quick. Yeah, because she's like, "Yo, mm-hmm. paint me. I want to see if you can actually. I think you can capture my beauty exactly right, and I want to leave a permanent imprint of myself. No artist has done that, and I think you can do it." And then he's like, all right, fine. And he starts painting her. And he's like, he's into it. He's like, yeah, yeah it is. I am enjoying this. This this might be my best work. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I'm doing pretty good. Oh, by the way, I don't, I never caught your name. And she says, she says, oh, some people just call me Tomie. That's right. Tomie. We get our first look at Tomie in this episode. I've, if you've been Who's listening <laughs> if you've been listening to our other episodes, you know that I'm excited for the OVAs, which is just about Tomie. And she is Are they? <laughs> Jumbie does not listen to our podcast. Don't let that discourage you from <laughs> listening to <laughs> What are you talking about? Never I, heard of Tomie in my life. It's it's because I've been pronouncing her name so fucking bad. Oh, you mean Tomie me? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, that is Tomie is Junji Ito's first ever published work. I did not know that. Oh wow. Yes. So okay. Well, that makes this painter section a lot better. Yeah. So how, how are you? Is this a reoccurring character? Because yes. I guess it could be. Yes, this this um this chapter is the third chapter of a of one of the books called Tomie Part Two. Mm. Interesting place to start in the you know the TV show. <laughs> so why I'm, did they start with Tomie Part One? Because that's the OVA. So once we finish all of this, we're gonna watch the OVA and enjoy. Sure. The origin story. Um, yeah. Hopefully. It's just called Tomie, so we'll see. But I bet she's a mutant. <laughs> Multiverse. So. Inhuman. Mori is super proud of himself. And he's ready to unveil it. He's like, you're going to be so pleased with this. This is a masterpiece. And she walks over. And this trifling bitch straight up <laughs> laughs her ass off. And he's, she's like, this is your best work? This doesn't even capture a fraction of my beauty. The fuck do you think it is? Oh, my God. I'm walking out that door. Don't put that on display anywhere. Don't call me. We're done. And she leaves. And you would think... 
somebody would just be like either cr- just crushed and it's like ah, I can't believe I fucked that up damn Give, uh, or be like oh fuck that girl I'm better than this right I made millions without her that's the response he should have had cause like you barely know this creep who showed up in your house you just lost your actual partner you should probably go and reconcile with them right I mean it's not too late. It's only been like an hour. So, Modi decided to do the third option, which is just complete, like, just nonstop painting this girl over and over from memory and becoming obsessed with her to the point where he doesn't get any sleep and they hint at he's been consuming way more alcohol than he should and eating way less than he should. And we just cut to him by himself at a bar drinking some whiskey. What kind of whiskey? They don't tell us, but it's on rocks. Luckily, or unluckily, one of his old friends runs into him. Masuda. Yes. He's like, hey, Masuda, how you been? He's like, I've been good. Hey, I heard... You just canceled your next exhibit. What happened? He's like, um, there's something, are you sick or something? He's like, yeah, you could call it that. Masuda's starts talking about a colleague of theirs. He's like, while you've been gone, our old friend Iwata is booming he's going to exhibits left and right all this stuff um and he has this one work that he's been saving and it's with this woman that he's been palling around with while um i don't know some raven black-haired girl we all know who it is but it's yeah Modi. He named the whole exhibit after her. Um, I can't remember the name. It's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Tomimi? Tomimi? I don't know. But I have a picture. And he shows us the picture. And everybody kind of just ignores the fact that we see Tomie and Iwata together. But <laughs> there's like two faces on Tomie one's normal and one's like this creepy weird blotched face that looks like of pure evil and Matsuda's just like damn I hate when people just like move right when you're trying to take a picture of them and then they have that like uh, split weird face thing and then Jumpy and I are like that's "That's not what happened (laughs) That ain't it, guy. Nothing else is blurred. It doesn't even look blurry. It's clearly another face <laughs> sprouting out of her. But Mori ignores it. He's more focused on the fact that Tomie is there and he's mad. How can this be? So. So Mori rushes over to Iwata's place. Starts knocking on the door. Iwata answers and he's like. Uh, Mori? He's like, hey, sorry for coming over at 2 a.m. 
but um i i need to see your sculptures i need to i need to see something and then he's like nah man i'm not doing any more public exhibits anymore tomi is just for me as he's about to close it mori puts his hand so he can't close the door it's a sliding door and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like i know it's tomi I wasn't able to capture her beauty. I want to see if you did. If you even got any further than I ever could. I need to see it. And I walked this like, "No. No, no. Get the fuck out of my house." And he's like, "This ain't a This ain't a question. I'm coming in there and I'm seeing this." And then they get into a fight. But Mori grabs one of Tommy uh not told me of uh, Iwata's sculptures and hits him over the head with it. And he's down for the count. There's blood everywhere. Mori walks into Iwata's sculpture rooms and he sees nothing but all of Tomie's sculptures that Iwata sculpted just broken on the floor. Like he was in a fit of rage or something. They look like they're made of marble. <laughs> he. So they're pretty heavy. It's probably how, you know, how the blood force trauma kind of took him out because <laughs> it's made of marble. <laughs> was it, uh. Yeah, Iwata's definitely not alive <laughs> after that. But Mori looks to his left and he sees Tomie. And she's just looking at him with a straight face. And once their eyes lock, she immediately starts crying and runs into Mori's arms. And um, and she tells him, like, look, he went in a fit of rage. Uh, he just destroyed everything. He made the most perfect sculpture of me. It's right there. And he broke it. It's not perfect anymore. It's horrible. And he blamed me. I don't know what I did. So, Mori is just there like, hey, I need to paint you again. And we look at Mori's face and his eyes look like he hasn't slept in years. And he's like, I need to paint you again. I need to get this right. And Tomi is like, you promise? You'll take me away from here? And he's like, yeah. She's like, okay, cool. So they leave. Uh, As weird as, as Mori's acting... I'm more confused slash disturbed by how Tommy is acting. Because <laughs> up until this point, we've only seen her this, you know, obnoxious character who shows up whenever she wants, laughs at your artwork, you know, antagonizes you, leaves you, you know, when she feels like it. Now, all of a sudden, she's this vulnerable character who's scared. You know, she's crying. Um... And she gives this whole backstory while she's crying about how this has happened before. (laughs) And how people just want to start to kill her the more that they're with her and the more that they paint her and do artwork about her. Yeah. um, I'm just very confused on what she is. You know, like, (laughs) is she in on this? Like, does she not want this to happen? Is she a victim? Is she the person making this happen? Like, I don't know what she is. She's so... She's an enigma to me. Like, 
to me, the moment that Mori locked eyes with her in Oweta's room, and she just had this, like, normal face, and then she's like, okay, I'm going to start crying now. She's that in control. Yeah, it's all nice. She's okay. in control of everything. She kn- Good actress. <laughs> um, And they're back at Mori's place, and they are... Mm-hmm. She's getting painted. As Jumbie says, she confesses that everybody that's ever got close to her has always tried to kill her, and she doesn't know why. We can, we can kind of come up with a reason or two. So Maury's finished, and he's like, "This cat, this painting, captures you perfectly." And he reveals it to her, and it's the same. It's a painting of similar to the picture of Masuda took where you got the duality the um, the blurred out monstrous face and then her face and told her, me her face isn't looking too good either <laughs> it told me it's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> and she starts destroying the painting she just hates it and Mori just goes into a homicidal rage chops her into pieces with a cleaver and he just doesn't stop and he stays there traumatized but he says every time he chopped she would still be laughing He all he could hear was her laughing but when he finally stopped mm-hmm. she was still breathing and she was still alive after a few days the body parts begin to slowly form a person. And he knows that it will just become a copy of Tomie. Every single piece will become its own Tomie. The end. This is pretty... A better story. What do you think of it? Say that again. A better what? A better story than, mm-hmm. you know, the bubble tree. At least the one that was presented in the anime. Yeah. This is pretty much the same in the manga, except uh, Mori at the end adds the line. He's like, oh, I know they all become new copies of Tomie, but I don't expect it to live. I don't expect to live to see this happen because he's not eating. And he's just like physically wasting away. Mm. You think it only affects artists? Like her curse? No, no, no. we're going to see in the OVA. She's doing all this some shit. For sure. This is genuine 101 succubus. Really? This was the succubus? I don't know. I've been trying to call succubuses (laughs) all, all year and they haven't shown up. I feel like they're out of fashion. Yeah. Well, she definitely is a man-eater. Yeah. Yeah. So. I get it. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see later on when we see more of her. Uh, I'm excited for that. She seems like a scary character. She's disturbing. Yeah. But I liked it. I did like it. Me too. I like Painter. I like Painter. I wasn't a big fan of blood bubble bushes, but painter's cool. Hmm. I wouldn't change. I wonder how like the ranking of these episodes are gonna go. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm getting excited for that. (laughs) 
tell you slow girl's gonna be like, up there though i mean a lot of them are up there it's hard to kind of pick between a couple of them just start with the easy ones where are you gonna put suichi bro? <laughs> bottom <laughs> yeah. all right this blood blood bubble bushes is better than any suichi episode <laughs> so and i feel it he's coming again i feel it i don't the only contest will be like which suichi episode to put at the bottom all right <laughs> but they're all going down there yeah i swear rip I swear when we do our list if you put suichi at the top for any reason <laughs> i'll Come to your house, and I will <laughs> shave off your beard. No. <laughs> we'll see. Do not do. I have He's zero faith that everything. that he will have uh, any good episodes, and I know I have like in my heart, in my gut, there's gonna be one more before this series ends. If not perfect, but if it, it'll be episode thirteen. Start go out the way we came in, right? <laughs> Dude, and that, that first episode has so much like it had me, you know, like uh It was going good and then he showed up. But yeah. Um I wouldn't change anything really. It's hard like I feel like there's too much I to would. change. What? I would change the blood bubble tree to be closer to the manga version you told me about. Okay. I wanted to see the vampire munching on the lady. Um, I would have liked to see the kids storm into the house and one of the kids being revealed to be the old man's son. That's pretty impactful. I think that's that kind of thing I would change. I could see that. I would have liked it better. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, not much else. I'm be, um, I hope the next episode's good. I'm excited for that. But this definitely got me excited to see anything involving Tomie. You love Tomie. I almost say it, I'm getting obsessive over this. I would kill to watch another episode with Tomie. I believe. <laughs> well, with all that being said. Any last words, Jumpy? Tell me. Tell me, indeed. Well, yeah, that's it. Cool. That concludes another episode of Phantoms of Silver Screen Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out any other content we may have provided. And give us a like, subscribe, and follow. Because we would do it for you. Anything to show us that you love us. Because we love you too. But not as much as we love. Suichi. Good night, everybody. No, we do not. I do not condone that message. (laughs) Good night.